gentlemen. Welcome back to the Gird Up Podcast. We'll get to the interview with Mr. Matt Reichert in just a second. But first, I want to make sure that you are sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Make sure they're getting at it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, but most importantly, talk about it, share with your friends, uh, make sure people listen to this thing so we can learn and grow together. That being said, next interview is today from Mr. Matt Riker. We're going to talk about music education. Uh, he was a mentor in my own development as a musician and continues to be a mentor as I get to do some directing of my own. So. He's got all kinds of awesome things to say, talking about musicianship and growing up as a, as a band kid and choir kid and some of the cool opportunities he's had and also the benefits and sometimes the, uh, the, the other side of the arts world and music world. So here he is with some wisdom from arts and music and so forth. Here we go, Mr. Matt Reichert. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Jungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. All right, we're back with Mr. Matt Reichert. Hey, Matt. Hello. Uh, so you are a, you're quite a musician. So you you sing, uh, you play the horn. What else do you do? Do you play piano at all? Uh, I mean, no, we're, not so much. Yeah, we're actually getting a piano here on on Friday. Okay, Maybe what kind I of piano? Can, uh, like a a normal one. It's no, like a box piano. <laughs> it's not like a baby grand or something no, like that. It's, okay, it's just uh, a small upright Yamaha. It'll, yeah, my great. my roomie. He doesn't listen, so I can talk about it as much as I want, as long as uh, his students don't tell him. My roomie almost bought a uh, or tried to buy a baby grand, and he was going to fit into our apartment somewhere. And so when he texted me about it, he said, I, I, I'm going to buy a piano. I was like, oh, all right, sure, whatever. Cause well, I thought he it was said it was like cracked, a, right? The soundboard is cracked. Yeah, something, that, yeah. yeah he, there was some reason why he didn't buy it. But uh, So he just said piano. So I figured it was going to be like an upright or a box piano. It was going to go up against the wall somewhere. There's no way we would have had room for a baby grand in that apartment. Yeah, well. Unless he got rid of like a whole bunch of his stuff. <laughs> the marimba? He already, the marimba, <laughs> yeah. The car parked in our in our living room. <laughs> anyway, uh, so now this will be the one episode he listens to on the way back from Toronto. He'll be like, oh, I know how you really feel. Anyway, <laughs> so you, you uh, in college, you started out, you were a music minor, is that correct? Yes. And then um, transitioned into a... So yeah, there's music a, education there's music? actually a a weird transition. So music minor, then I decided to um, do what I so I was a music minor with a computer systems major. And then I decided to double major like in a music BA, which is basically like a music degree to just get a degree. It doesn't have mm-hmm. any like purpose okay. to it, for lack of a better <laughs> term. And just then, the certification that you studied music. Yeah, basically. And so I was going to double major in that. Then I dropped the computer major 
and enhanced it to a music education degree in uh, choral music and general music. So do you do all like the student teaching and everything with that? I did. Or would um, you do that? I student taught in New Berlin and uh, Whitnell, which is Greenfield okay. um, area. And uh, actually, I learned a ton with that early field experience. Um, growing up in Lutheran schools, we don't typically have a music teacher in the class right, in, in the right. school, like a full-time music teacher, where in the public school system there is. And um, it opened my eyes to, like, basically there's a lot of more things we could be doing in the grade school level um, from a music standpoint. And, and really what, um, what they were doing. And, and I had a great, I had great supervising teachers, but, um, you know, what kids can do, how you can actually teach them to sing. Mm. Um, and, and we're talking about matching pitch in the first grade, um, stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot of different methods you might've heard like Orf, uh, Kodai, Dalcro's, Mm -hmm. um, Eurythmics are different types of methods of teaching music to children and adults, I suppose. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so learned a ton um, in that experience, um, and, uh, and high school was the choral, um, okay. where you get the, you know, teaching choir. So, all right. And then you, so then, uh, when did you march drum corps? Ah, so I do play well. When's the last time I actually picked up my You horns? do play well. <laughs> no, uh, not lately. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of the last time I picked up my French horn. But um, I marched two summers in uh, with Southwind Drum Vila Corps. At the time, they were in uh, Lexington, uh, Kentucky. Okay. So for people that are unfamiliar with the Drum Corps International World Circuit, whatever you want to call it, uh, you want to give us a little just like crash course on what DCI is? Yeah, it's a, a high-intensive... Um, kind of marching band activity. There are no woodwinds, uh, at least currently, allowed in drum corps, and <laughs> um, and so it's those uh, trombones are backs. So. <laughs> yeah, there are other brass instruments now. It used to just be like bugle type instruments, um, and actually keyed in G was the rule for a while. Now, um, now it, you can play any any key instrument, but that's that's getting into to technicalities. But it's it's highly intense. Um, you you spend the whole summer. You, you take a couple of weeks to learn uh, your show, and you take it on the road, and you're you're traveling for um, the better part of you know a month and a half, um, and ending up with a kind of a ending finals week type performance, um, and then you go home. Yeah, and they they label themselves as the. Was it marching bands, major leagues? Is yeah, that, yeah, marching music's major league, something like that. That's yeah. a, probably a pretty good way to say it. Except you don't get paid. <laughs> There's nothing major. <laughs> I mean, it's you you pay uh, quite a, a sum of money nowadays to to march in drum corps. Yeah. So when I when I'm talking about it with people, I would I oftentimes will kind of equate um, like some of the summer stuff we do, like the Macbeth circuit, which I've talked about on here a little bit, as and and some of those similar like sound sport type stuff is kind of like the varsity of marching band like if you're going to have and then uh so there are some groups in like WSMA that are kind of getting to that level um but and then you take like a and I'd say like the uh your average it's not your average high school marching band for sure it's definitely not your normal like what you see marching in a parade and your community festival type marching band it's mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, it, marching bands, major leagues is definitely the way to uh, describe it. It's it's something special for sure. Yeah, high, highly athletic, um, 
you know, probably the the best shape I've been in my life. Um, yeah, I've seen the pictures. You were skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super skinny. And I had like actually definition in my abdominal area. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's um, it's intense. It's a lot of hard work, but um, it's just an incredible experience as well. All right, and so then, um, how, what are some of the ways that? So you still are very actively involved in music, even though you you don't do it professionally, or well, as far as I know. <laughs> um, but uh, do you? If professionally means getting paid, then no. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you don't do it for you don't do it. You don't make any money doing music, at least at the moment. Uh, so what what? How does it manifest itself now that you're out of school, living your adult life here? Uh, how does it that love for music manifest itself now? Sure. No, um, I've actually lately pivoted pretty pretty hard to to choral music again, and I've always kind of ebbed and flowed there. You know, for a while I played with a, a fantastic wind ensemble um, here in Milwaukee called the Nightwind Ensemble. Okay, it's just incredible. If you um, if you want to look them up and, and go to their concerts, you, you definitely need to support them. If you like hearing um, good wind wind band music played at a high level, um, at such a high level, like I, I thought man, I don't belong here <laughs> type uh, wow. playing horn. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's community based as well. So you, you have, um, you know, educators and, and other, you know, semi-professionals playing, playing with it. Cause there's not a whole lot of groups that play wind band music once you're out of college. So, yeah. You know, right. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, most lately now I sing with uh, a couple of, of choral ensembles, um, Sean Claire chamber choir. Um, they were founded a couple, I think almost five years ago. And I joined maybe four, four years ago. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, begun, it's probably up to about 60 members now of quite a large choir. Um, probably should take the chamber out of our name, but, <laughs> um, we, uh, let's just say I'm like one of the older members in the group. So it's a younger trending, uh, type choral ensemble and with a director that, um, programs, uh, great concerts yeah, with, he does. Uh, he does with, a good with good music and, um, Really kind of, uh, really enjoy singing with that group. And um, <coughs> lately been singing with the Milwaukee Chamber Choir. And this is a group of, I would say, um, where again, I'm like, I, I don't know if I belong here, <laughs> where um, they come ready um, to sing. And they are, um, and we and we sing a ton of great music as well. Um, and that's a group uh, that sings a couple concerts a year um, in the area. And... Um, also, a summer choir called Canticum Novum, which is a Welsh chamber choir, and uh, that is just an unbelievable group to sing with as well. And uh, you know, I've posted on Facebook about this, but you can't really beat singing with a choir where you will, you know, you'll be singing with them in heaven again someday. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. It, and, and apart from you know, if you went to one of the, um, you know, a Wisconsin Senate College, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and, and even then, loved it. Yeah, um, but you know th- that type of um, choral experience where you're with believers. You know, I, I would say, um, you know, the Lutheran Chorale would be another great experience too um, in the area, uh, where you know you'll be you'll be singing with those folks again in heaven. But that that just takes it to another level. Yeah, well, and I would even add to that, um, like when, being able to sing. So I sang with the. MLC College Choir for two years. I had the opportunity to do three, um, but uh, my student teaching kind of interfered with that. But um, I would argue that especially sometimes when, like, because those, those were, I mean, we rehearsed for five plus hours a week every week, mm-hmm. you know, and that kinda, which in college is quite a commitment um, when you think about it. And so then, like, when you really are 
like getting into the nitty gritty of some of that stuff, the uh, the worship transcended the music, uh, especially once you started getting like the early parts of tour where you're still struggling through some of the you know some of the music and you don't have it memorized yet. Um, that that's I would argue we would have not have been as good if it wasn't choral music that we really truly believed in, um, and we were just singing our hearts out for Jesus. Like I, I think that's what made the group so excellent. And that's what made, like, it just added an extra dynamic of just, you know, fun, but also, like, passion for what we were doing. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, I've, I've had a couple of these thoughts lately about um, the the sung word and and what what the word does, right? And, and a lot of this music is going to, it's going to be, like, biblical text and the gospel itself in song. You're actually singing the gospel message, the good news that Christ died for you. Uh, we sang a piece um, by Philip Stopford, which was essentially the gospel message <laughs> this last summer. Um, and that's something that I think is uh, distinctly different from some of the other um, art forms. Where And, and I, um, I remind myself of this and, and maybe even others that, you know, just hearing music, nothing can, you know, you can be inspired and that's great. But when you're singing the gospels, something can like the Holy Spirit can actually work there. We know Absolutely. that's how how He works, and that's something that I think is a little bit uh, special. So um, I don't know. That's that's what's drawn me to to choral music a lot. Uh, and I've uh, I've said with students a couple times, uh, especially when I'm working with like high school or not high school, middle school boys who just don't want to sing. You know, uh, like around Christmas time when you're getting the Christmas program ready or whatever. And uh, I say there, there is nothing more just inherently masculine. There's no better way to express your, your masculinity, your manhood than, than speaking the word of God, you know, than teach actively teaching other people about your savior. And, um, the only way to go further than that, the only way to, to, to take that up a level is just singing from the bottom of your heart. Like there is nothing more just inherently masculine, inherently godly, I believe than, uh, just like, Singing when when singing truly is the outcry of your heart, and you mean every word you say, every word you sing. There's just nothing. There's nothing greater than that. Right. I love it. Yeah. Contrast that with, you know, the eighth grader who's pretending that his voice has changed and like <laughs> mouthing <laughs> the words at church. Uh, right. You're like, no, you're you're still soprano. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't own it, man. <laughs> yeah. Own it. Yeah. <laughs> there are literally people who wish they could go back to singing soprano. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And yeah. I can, and it turns out I can never sing low, so that's why I'm a tenor. Yeah, there you go. So I just totally out of the blue question here. When your voice changed, did it ever like drop, drop, or did it just kind of like change timbre? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, it certainly did drop. Um, I have uh, one of my one of my babysitters when I was little has a video <laughs> of me singing one of the first songs I learned in grade school, Spread, Oh, Spread, Thou Mighty Word. Um and it, I'm singing high, right? <laughs> so it, it definitely changes, but it is gradual. And I don't think I had a huge, like, breaking point. Um, and then as you mature, your singing voice continues to mature well beyond um, even college. Mm-hmm. So um, once you learn to sing with, um, with good technique, it that does change things as well. Well, and I don't. You're you're the expert on this, but so like when I think about my voice changing, like I I was singing soprano for a very long time, like even into sixth grade, which is which is kind of comical because I was 
like five six or five seven in sixth grade and weighed I was probably one sixty or more. Like I was a I was a burly burly sixth grader singing singing soprano at the top of my lungs. Um and then I spent probably a year or so or I actually did sing Alto like and, and read the Alto line and everything. Um and then I spent it was probably seventh I'd, I'd even say eighth grade by the time I really started singing tenor. And then I I sang an honest bass in, in high school all the way through and would like toy with tenor but sang an honest bass and like a bass one all the way through high school. And then when I got to college sang tenor two and now I, I am I am there I will never sing bass again. I don't know what uh is that common to kinda like go dip and come back up a little bit or um or was it maybe just that, that I was I had my heart set on singing bass and so I sang bass. Yeah, no it really um it it does change. It does fluctuate and I can never say that I ever sung an honest bass. My, if whenever I try to sing bass, it's been lying. I've been hey, lying no, to myself. Yeah, I know. But uh, I, I think that a lot of times, um, it it does change as you grow. Um, it changes um, when the, the shape that your body's in, you know, oh, how I you're doing physically, um, and it just changes. Like, have you ever had voice lessons? Like, have you used your voice in that way? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning how to enhance those sound waves to get those type of overtones, that ringing sound, um, kind of free, free your larynx. So it's not tight and and constricted. There's a lot of different factors that play into it. So, yeah, cool. So you, I know in the past you've done some like judging and stuff like that, as far as like going to music festivals and being like a soloist judge and stuff like that. Do you still do any of that? Uh, I no. Uh, and I think a part of that is if I'm not spending enough time in the classroom or teaching um, individual lessons, I don't feel like I'm, I should be in that uh, type of venue. Okay. Um, so I usually politely decline those if they ever come up, <laughs> but um, it is, uh, I think that I would like to get more back into you know, some of that kind of teaching work, okay. hence, hence getting the piano actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You teach piano lessons? No, oh. <laughs> I would teach voice lessons. Oh, okay. If somebody came to you and wanted to learn, wanted French horn lessons, would you turn them down? No, I would not. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I want to get into more of that within the local um, kind of schools too. Yeah. So that's mattreichard at gmail dot com. <laughs> yeah. Looking for voice lessons? Yeah, shout them out. If you're in the Kenosha area, go find Ben Jeske. Yeah. If you're in right. the Milwaukee area, go find go find Matt Reichert. You won't find a better one in either case, either case. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go with it. Don't don't ruin my sales pitch here. Yeah, don't ruin my sales pitch. So, um, you so you've had a lot of different musical experiences and, and such. Uh, what can you pick one out as your favorite, or maybe like favorite group that you've been a part of? I don't know if I will pick a favorite, but I can highlight a few. So that might be an unfair question. Yeah. Um, is it okay if I highlight a few instead sure, of sure? Go ahead, do it. Um, had the opportunity to play with our our college wind ensemble in uh, England at some of these just uh, unbelievable cathedrals, um, and I would say the the Salisbury Cathedral was one of the highlights. Just just an unbelievable performance space. Did you have steak while you're there? <laughs> no, <laughs> we <laughs> we uh, we played um, and and so actually this is one where I wish I was in singing in a choir. We played a transcription of. Um, Morton Lauridsen's O Magnum Mysterium. Oh, and, yeah. and yeah, you like a lot 
you know it. Everybody knows that yep. piece. A lot of people have sung it or heard it. Uh, just gorgeous. And there, so there's a wind band transcription as well as the, the choral work itself. So, um, and so we played that transcription, and that was great. That was that was fantastic. Um, more recently, um, singing with Jean Claire, um, we did a whole Reformation 500 concert, um, and we sang at um, actually at St. Marcus. We did a concert there, and we sang a lot of um, pieces from that that era. There we go. Pardon the hum. <laughs> you can always take that out, right? Yeah, probably can. So yeah, that. Um, but like I said, nothing really beats when you're singing with uh, a group of believers too. So yeah, um, that's uh, that'd be high up there on the list. Singing cool. with with uh, really, I mean. Honestly, it can be singing um, Brahms Requiem in English at St. John's Newtonburg in eighth grade. Mm. It can be um, singing anything with your church choir. It doesn't have to be this like crazy, awe-inspiring experience. It's when you're singing with a group of believers, um, the Word of God. Yeah, absolutely. Have you? So I've had three or four experiences in my life where uh, we were just like I was with a group of people, you like my friends, obviously, um, mostly in college, but we're just with a group of people, and we just kind of burst into song, just like unwarrant, not maybe not unwarranted, because <laughs> praising the Lord is never unwarranted. The Lord always deserves our praise, uh, but like we're just like out of the blue, kind of burst into song. Have you ever experienced something like that? The one, the one that I'm thinking of is, uh, and, if, and if any of my classmates from college are, are, li- are listening, it would be cool if you remember this too. But we were playing, I think we were playing sardines, like in the in the main classroom building, freshman MLC. I mean, it is what it is. We were playing sar- sardines in the uh, main classroom building of, at MLC. We all ended up like hiding in the crawl space underneath the new, the new wing in quotation marks because it was built in like 1960 something. Um, and uh, so we're under there together, just like waiting for the rest of the group to find us. If you've ever found, played sardines, sometimes it takes a while, especially when you have older people that are hard to find. And we just burst into Brothers Sisters, Let Us Gladly, and we're like humming and singing together. It was it's one of my favorite memories of my entire life. Just like a genuine praise. Like there was, the, that's the only thing that was going on. It was just like a group of us who absolutely in our hearts believed every word we were singing and uh, joined together in song to praise the Lord. Have you ever experienced something like that? Um, I would say that my mine have been more planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that that spontaneous thing is any less valuable. How um, about like singing in the car? Do you ever just like burst into song in the car? I don't know. That happens to me all the time. I like, get a good way. I enjoy it. Like I just like I just can't not sing. Does I <laughs> here's what happens. <laughs> or just like walking down the hallway, I always get weird looks because I'll just be like walking down the street. <laughs> no, what, my heart out. <laughs> here's here's reality in my world. Uh, reality in my world is uh, listening to choral music with my headphones on um, in the living room, and my wife is trying to read, and I'm singing the tenor part, and she gets up and walks into the bedroom. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just a little slice of, uh, of reality. There you go. I I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. Well, I say I, I I do endure a lot of crazy looks for just singing at the top of my lungs mm-hmm. all the time too. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, you and I had a conversation about um, about music and being, f- frankly, being quite good at what 
we do musically. Um, and then understanding that and knowing that and uh, our ability. So this is a segue here, by the way, folks. So we're, we're, we're transitioning into um, more of a performance. Perfor- okay, we talked about this. Uh, maybe, maybe you can help me straighten out my thoughts here. Sure. But, yeah, go ahead. I, I think it has to do with being having a critical ear. Okay. Yeah, and a critical ear in a good way, meaning yeah. like in, in building hear, each other up. Yeah, yeah, I know what's I know what's good. Like I can hear and recognize what's excellent, and then um, appreciating what's excellent. But then we also talked on the, on the sinful side. Maybe not even sinful side isn't the right word. It's but definitely the, sinful side. Okay, definitely. Yeah, it's sinful selfish. Side. It is. It's dark. It's when you, you hear well, yeah. what we're getting into is when you hear something that isn't excellent, and and this applies to absolutely everything, but uh, for us in the fine arts realm, often, um, for me, I obviously in the teacher realm, I'm sure, uh, in the accounting realm, sometimes too, where you just go like, "What are you doing? Like, you're an idiot." You know, it can be anything. You take yeah. a bad route on a pass play. You know, yeah, as absolutely. A, as a yeah. cornerback, it's anything where you're like, "Yeah, man, that was bad." So, so what we're trying to get into here is the conversation of of what does that look like, and what at what point does it turn into sin, and then coming back around, how can you use it positively? Well, I would, I would postulate that the default position for humans is to to use their critical ear or the you know to criticize. Mm-hmm. to um, put yourself above their, your neighbor. Um, and so what what uh, I have to constantly work on is using uh, your critical ear to build somebody up, to point out what they did well, instead of trying to find or tell them what they did poorly or could do better. Now, you need to do that while you're instructing, and, and I'm not suggesting that you're going to tell somebody's is good and, and they're not. Um, but when um, it, it's when you're, it's even thinking to yourself, you know, it, it's thoughts to yourself. It's when you're trying to put yourself um, ahead of somebody else instead of building them up. And you can, you can give constructive criticism, but um, it's something I've, I've struggled with um, is, is talking, it's, it's, it's talking trash, right? It's to yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, people equate that with, I think, sports a lot of times, but it happens all the time in the performing arts, tearing other groups down, um, going to large, if you go to festivals with any type of performing group, whether it's choral, band, um, even other visual arts, mm-hmm. it's too easy. That's, that's the path of least resistance is um, talking trash about another group. And... And even other um, conductors, teachers, professors, and so I just want to encourage you know our, our listeners that there's <laughs> there's a better way. There <laughs> always is, but um, build, build up, find the good things, compliment. It's when, uh, being on the receiving end of compliments, you know how good it feels. Yeah. So go out of your way to give a compliment, and it it goes against our our sinful nature. So you got to drown the atom. <laughs> <laughs> and give a compliment. Yeah. Use use your um, like I said. Use your critical ear to build up and and help. And right up again, a daily struggle, but it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a blessing from the Lord too. The ability to uh, to to have the talent first of all to get to a point where you can have where you have the the level of excellence that you can actually critique someone else. 
is that's a huge blessing from the Lord. So harvesting that and using it as using it as you know something to build up others is definitely a <laughs> something something I need to work on too. So yeah, I appreciated that conversation when we were having it, um, and it's just a good reminder for all of us too. Yeah, awesome. So closing out here. If you could have a conversation with all parents in the entire world that were sitting on the fence or thought music education isn't worth it, what case would you make for music education? The case is simple. Um, it's for for being a leader in God's kingdom, um, you know, leading worship, uh, leading in, in your own church. Um, but... And it doesn't have to be, you know, $50 an hour private lessons with, you know, the symphony, <laughs> um, with a member of the symphony orchestra in your town or community. It It's piano lessons after school, and yeah. it's sticking with it, um, just like you would encourage um, your son or daughter to stick with um, sports or any other activity. Um, it is, it absolutely is something that, and I and I do contrast this, and not in a bad way. I don't want to come across this way, but it is something that you can continue to use to advance God's kingdom for mm-hmm. many, many, many years. Um, and you can you can certainly uh, use other activities, sports, taekwondo, stuff like that. Um, you know, as you grow older. But there is something different about the arts, uh, where that that can. Um, that can build and and further the kingdom. What would you say to somebody that says the, the so whether it's drama or singing or playing an instrument or whatever, uh, that attitude of especially you see it in, in sometimes in middle school and high school that attitude of it's not masculine, it's not it's for sissies, it's you know whatever. How would you respond to that to one of those statements or that that outlook? Yeah, I I guess I was blessed to that in in my peer group um, growing up through high school. We uh, and I should name drop here, Manitowoc Lutheran High School. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a great environment where um, there was never, there wasn't really any negative stigma to singing in choir. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, a, you know, mo- many of our, you know, star athletes were in the concert choir um, or in band or some other, uh, or you know, some of our drama productions as well. So, and the case is still the same at the the school. It's phenomenal. They do a great job. Yeah, and I think most schools, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to imply otherwise but um there are there are some instances where there there could be a negative stigma to that uh, especially for young men right mm-hmm. uh, and i mentioned it before you know uh singing in eighth grade or freshman <laughs> choir um struggle <laughs> and it doesn't have to be no it you doesn't. know um and that's that's a part where we can encourage our our sons and daughters and we can in- encourage our students um and <laughs> i know you're if there's any freshman choir directors listening, they're like, what? <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not easy. You, you, have to, you have to throw a ton of energy um, that way. But I think it's also worth um, you know, getting guys together, too, where there yeah. isn't that pressure from the opposite sex. Oh, good call. Um, and that, that is one of the, the methods of you know, trying to break that. You, you, and you have a lot of successful like, boy-only schools mm-hmm. with, with great um, – you know, kind of arts where yeah, there's there's true. not a, a stigma there. So some of it is kind of created by our own kind of culture, but 
Um, it doesn't have to be that way. Awesome. Any uh, last thoughts on, on music and, uh, and the arts? Take piano lessons <laughs> and stick with it until you can play a hymn. Yeah. I guess would be my thing. And so I stopped uh, with my piano lessons uh, when I picked up French horn in the sixth grade. Man, I wish I would have stuck with it. Um, what I wouldn't give to be able to, you know, sit down at an organ and play. And I, that is different, right? You're using your feet. But um, if, you know, my sister stuck with it and mm-hmm. she can she can sit down and sight read more than just a, a four-part chorale. You know, she can sight read some pretty pretty intense, uh, um, you know, two hand, four hand type, not four hand, but uh, <laughs> some pretty forehead in- is real intense. <laughs> <laughs> some pretty intense music um, is what I meant to say. Counterpoint. Say I was looking for counterpoint was the word I was looking for, um, but uh, but stick with it. Learn how to to sight read a hymn, and uh, man, the stuff you can do with that. It's unbelievable. You you can take a a college level you know music theory and and ear training class and and ace it just because you can play a four part hymn. Mm-hmm. It's that's it. Wow. So uh, taking a little bit of a different direction here as we close out, you are the second person in a row to uh, that I've interviewed here who a was a part of Lutheran Vanguard and I appreciate that and I thank you for that um, and b knew me as a high schooler in all my idiotic glory. So uh, I appreciate appreciate your influence on me throughout the years, uh, especially in the, in the music realm. It's it's definitely helped build me into the band I am. I appreciate it, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, and uh, thank you for your time uh, this evening as well. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, mosquitoes stop biting. No, yeah, and there's lots of beautiful lightning bugs around too. So, All right. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, welcome. Sweet. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at the Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at coachungemach, that's U-N-G-E-M-A-C-H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Palmeyer for our podcast art. And thank you to you, the listener, because without you... This podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.